Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. to the bald face truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. My next guest has covered Georgia football for nearly four decades. More than three decades, not quite four, but Chip Towers knows his stuff. He's the dean on the beat, and guess what? He's in the state of Oregon. Chip Towers now joining us. Where are you right now, Chip Towers? Uh, let's see, John, I'm, I'm, I'm on one of the multi levels of the, um, of the, which building is, who is this building named for? Uh, I can't remember, uh, which building I'm in <laughs> quite, I, I, just, I, I'm a, a floor down from the hall of champions, but, you know, I'm getting my first up close and personal look at, you know, Oregon's facilities. I have heard a thing or two about Oregon's facilities before coming here. And uh, actually got uh, uh, a good little tour this morning. Nate Bruder took me around and um, showed me some of the sites and, and, and things around here. And we just got back from a practice observation. So uh, here I am. You are uh, looking at the facilities. Give me an idea. How do they compare to Georgia's? Well, you know, it's interesting uh, – I, I, I won't say that Oregon's are incomparable, uh, but though I've heard that used before for, you know, the, the facilities here, and obviously, you know, the Knight family and the Nike family, uh, obviously they like modern and they like facilities, and you can see it around here. But Georgia just opened a new $80 million football building. So, um, you know, one of the – uh, criticisms before Kirby Smart got to Georgia was that they were behind in facilities. Uh, he's moved very quickly to catch them up. In, in the time that Kirby Smart has been the head coach at uh, Georgia, they've uh, opened a $31 million indoor practice facility. They did a $63 million um, locker room and recruiting lounge addition at Sanford Stadium, and they did this $80 million football facility, and there is uh, you, you know, more stuff coming down the line. So George is trying to make up for lost time. But, you know, it is really just the attention to detail, the modern-esque, shiny things, the Mariota room. You know, he's uh, uh, probably going to be the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons this year. So, I, you know, I, I took a lot of pictures of his Heisman and that uh, that Marriott, uh, uh, Marietta space that they – they have down there on the main level. And, uh, yeah, I thought I had all the names of the buildings uh, down pat, and uh, now I've forgotten which one I've been in and which one I haven't been in. <laughs> Chip Towers with us, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You're doing a series on your visit. Uh, give us an idea. You got into town, I think, yesterday. You got to the facility. You got to see Dan Lanning's availability. Uh, give us an idea of what, what that's been like. What are your early returns? Well, uh, you know, I, you know, just getting back from practice, you know, the first thing that's really interesting comparing practices, I think back at Georgia they got 11 minutes of practice observation yesterday. got 18 minutes here, but it's the first time I've ever had to put on a white vest 
labeling of me a media uh, member. I thought I, somebody was going to shoot me out there. And uh, the team is kind of considerably removed. I didn't bring my binoculars out there. So I was like, that tiny dot, is that Bo Nix over there? Is that Bo Nix? You know? <laughs> and, uh, so I was kind of dealing uh, with, with, with that kind of stuff. But listen, um, the hospitality, they talk about Southern hospitality. It's been terrific out here. I can't tell you that. I kind of had a hard time, you know, obviously being on a, uh, the separate coast, you know, kind of getting Dan nailed down, getting Oregon's uh, sports communication operations nailed down about when I could come in here and, and what kind of availability I'd have. I did get a chance to uh, meet with Coach Lanning earlier today. Um, yeah, you know, you'll be able to read some of that in the, in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution later. Uh, and, um, you know, supposed to be some players at the end of the day today. And I'm staying here tomorrow. Now, this morning, John, uh, it, 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 the first thing I wrote was, was quoting some guy that writes something called the bald-faced truth. Uh, <laughs> so I, I did quote somebody early on. And then I took recommendations from that guy, and I've already been – uh, I've already been to Spencer's Butte. Uh, I've been, you know, you got to go see uh, Pre's Rock, right? Uh, so uh, I've been there. Um, I neither ran through the top of Spencer's Butte nor did I run run on Pre's Trail, but I did see the, the those places. And last night, you know, I got uh, pizza and a I got a, a, a pizza and a stout beer. Uh, from from Tracktown Pizza, so Good. I'm trying to check as many boxes as uh, I possibly can. I haven't found Hayward Field yet, and then now I've, I've, it's been explained to me. Oh, it's not it's not over there where you are right now. It's in another area. Uh, so I definitely that's a bucket list for me. And hey, Austin Stadium was a bucket list for me, but I wanted to see see it in all its raucous glory. Uh, it was kind of serene there. Uh, today, I, 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 maybe George. I asked. I tried to pin down Landing about you're going to get a series going with Georgia, right? You got to get a you got to get a home and home. And of course, he he uh, avoided that like the plague. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, it really is a bucket list for me to watch, to see a game live in Austin Stadium. Maybe that'll happen before I leave this earth. Give me an idea because you knew him as a coordinator. Now he is a first time, first year head coach. Do you see any differences in Dan Lanning, any maturing, uh, you know, as you look at a guy in charge of a program? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, a little bit, but because you got to understand, uh, as well as I feel like I know Dan Lanning, and, I, you know, I've told this story multiple times over, right? I was the first to tell the story of his journey from, uh, what was it, Branson, Missouri, or whatever it was, to uh, to to Pittsburgh to get his first job as an analyst, Uh I told that years ago, but much of that was done by um, friends and, and, you know, former peers who had coached with him, especially back there in the high school and uh, Jewel College ranks. Uh, but while he was at Georgia, you know, I think I, we only got like six opportunities with him. Uh, obviously, I had a little bit of interaction with him right before he got this job. But, uh, but short of that, you know, I think that was an unknown about Dan Lanning. How is he going to handle all those other responsibilities of a head coach? Um, by all accounts, he's handling them very, very well. I think he's an exceptional speaker. Uh, I think he's endearing his personality. Now, he's a little, you know, uh, 
a little bit of a cliche, you know, uh, cliche-ish. I like to say a lot of these guys, you, 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 and, and I'm not saying this about Dan, but I'm saying in the business, you know, you ask a question and it's kind of, which cliche do I apply to this question? <laughs> um, you know, it wasn't like that. Uh, you know, he, he gave me some access. He showed a little bit of vulnerability um, and, and a lot more than I saw at Georgia because we would get him, uh, as defensive coordinator, we'd get him once in the preseason camp, and then we'd get him once before the bowl game, uh, either coordinator, offensive or defensive coordinator. So um, I think maybe a total of seven times I might have talked to him in that capacity while he was defensive coordinator at Georgia. Chip Towers with us, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The, you know, you're out here kind of on a fact-finding recon series. It's, I think it's going to be fantastic. I, I subscribed to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution just to read it, Chip, this morning, and I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, but give me an idea what you're trying to learn about Dan Lanning on this trip. Well, you know, I don't know how deep I'm going to get. Yeah, the, the truth is I really hope to get out here before camp started and we just weren't able to make it happen, as, as you wrote in your uh, uh, time from Spinman Landing. You know, he's been spread a little thin, really, ever since he took this job. Plus, he, you know, took two family vacations in the one little spot that you really can uh, in the summer. So I just hadn't been able to nail him down until he got into camp. And so this is this is a very compressed situation. So, you know, I'm probably not getting as deep down uh, into, you know, Dan Landing, the head coach, as I wanted to. I mean, you know, it, the funny thing is even like, you know, like you're going to run out in, in front of the team, you know, before the game, uh, you know, the, 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 he's never worn a headset during a game. I mean, in, in his, in the entire, I mean, I mean, the headset, obviously he's one of the defensive coordinators headset, but I'm talking about the head coach's headset, even going back to, to, you know, river South high that he was in, 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 in Missouri, um, now, I think I take that back. I think he was head coach of the third grade basketball team. But, you know, other than that, he hasn't been head coach. So he doesn't know a lot. Like, what are you going to wear? You know, uh, you know, you know, what's your routine going to be and all that kind of stuff. But the flip side of that. Uh, so out here on the, the one, the uh, I don't know whether it's north, south, east or west, but on the left side wall of the left practice field at the facility, they now have the. Uh, you know, the team DNA out there painted on a windscreen, uh, which, uh, you know, is very Kirby-esque. Kirby, had, he calls it their, their DNA. Um, uh, Kirby called it the pillars, right? And uh, so connection, toughness, growth, and sacrifice. That just is breaking news, John. That just went up this past Thursday um, here at, uh, at the University of Oregon. He's applying a lot of the templates. You know, obviously he did admit in my time with him that, that, you know, he thinks of himself, yeah, as part of the smart coaching tree. But, you know, he had time with Nick Saban and he's had time with uh, at Memphis and, and, and other places. So, you know, it's not all that. He's putting his own applications on those. And then the fact that, you know, we have access to uh, some assistant coaches today, tomorrow, and they have considerably here in the preseason is different than at Georgia. Kirby, uh you know, controlled the message, uh, so to speak, when it came to his assistance and, and had very, very limited availability to the media for them. Chip, uh, you mind hanging out for one? I'd like to take a commercial break. When we come back, I want to ask you about 
Georgia, what they lost in the NFL draft, how they might match up with Oregon, and and kind of get a feel from you and the expertise you have over the years covering a great SEC program. Plus, I want to hear some stories. I want to hear about Vince Dooley and Herschel Walker. So if you have a few more minutes, you mind sticking around? (laughs) Yeah, I'll stick around. All right, Chip Towers, more with Chip coming up. Leave it here. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Chip Towers of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has been kind enough to stick around for another segment. Thanks for doing that, Chip. But, uh, you know, we're going to give you a couple of suggestions, too, by the way, for listeners who have now uh, tweeted or texted and said, hey, he needs to go here or there. I'll give you a couple of those at the end of the segment. But let's talk about Georgia football. What did they lose to the NFL where are the questions right now for Kirby Smart's team? Yeah, well, there's uh, there's absolutely no question that's on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, as you just watch the NFL draft, and you know that Georgia had five first-round draft picks off the defense alone, eight uh, draft picks overall off the defense, and 15 in total. Uh, a a record for. Uh, a uh, a college team in, in in the draft, so pretty incredible um, amount of talent that they're going out of there now. They've been recruiting at an extremely high level um, the last five years, I think it is, under um, Kirby Smart. Georgia's national recruiting ranking has averaged two point three um, with two number one classes, and um, you know they were number three in this past cycle and they're they tend to be in the top five i think they are right now for the for the class of 23 and all that so they're recruiting at an extremely high level but those guys that uh just went to the nfl i mean you're talking about jordan davis you're about talking about trayvon walker the d- defensive end that went number one overall you're talking about a trio of inside linebackers this i think is the biggest uh question mark for georgia you had a trio of inside linebackers and Nicobe Dean, I mean, he was the uh, Dick Buckus Award winner, so everybody knows about him. But you know, both uh, well, Quay Walker went ahead of him in the draft, and and uh, and um, uh, Channing Tindall went not long after him in the draft. Those are your three inside linebackers, and and Dan Lanning, one of his great things, and I talked about to him about it today, is just personnel, mixing up personnel finding special, specialized roles for everybody in personnel. And those linebackers, all three of them played, and they played in different situations. And they played Jack and Money and Will and Mike, and they switched it up. And, you know, um, he might not necessarily be able to do all those kind of things for Oregon. You're not asking me about Oregon right now, but that's what you had in Georgia. Juniors and seniors that you could do a lot of different things with between the guys up front and the guys in inside middle linebacker. Now, they're in good shape at outside linebacker, and I think they're in decent shape in the defensive backfield. Though some, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of uh, – uh, there's attrition they're having to deal with in the, uh, in the last third of the defense uh, as well. Switch over to the offensive side, and, and uh, I actually think – I mean, Georgia's offense ought to be a lot better. Never mind they have the uh, – you know, the, the, a six-year senior retor- returning at quarterback, and we'll talk about the the lack of respect Stetson Bennett gets. But, you know, he has a lot of nice pieces around him. Georgia has a ton of offensive linemen. I mean, they lost a couple of guys to the NFL, but Georgia has ridiculously stacked 
offensive linemen through recruiting, uh, thanks to Sam Pittman now at Arkansas before him, and then Matt Luke right after that at offensive line. They have lots of offensive linemen, and um, you know they lost one of their receivers, Jermaine Burton, to uh, Alabama. But they are loaded uh, at tight end. Uh, you know, really four guys, including the leading re- overall receiver on the team last year, with in yards and touchdowns, 14 touchdowns. Brock Bowers at tight end, but um, they have a lot of talent uh, at wide receiver as well, and uh, they lost their top two running backs, but, you know, they call them RBU. Georgia going back, you mentioned Herschel Walker before the break. I mean, really going back to Herschel Walker, Georgia has just uh, just pumped running backs uh, into the NFL one after another after another, whether it's, uh, you know, Todd Gurley or Nick Chubb or, Sony Michelle or, or, you know, last year's guys were James Cook and Zamir White. Uh, both of them look like they're in line to possibly start, uh, and, and, but certainly make a roster for their NFL teams. Uh, Georgia's got that same situation in Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton, the first one a former four-star, the second one a former five-star. They recruited another five-star guy out of Mississippi this year, a freshman. Um, who everybody's sort of creating, he's creating some buzz over the summer. So they're, they're well represented in the skilled positions on the offensive side of the ball, and I think they'll actually be better on offense than they were a year ago. Chip Towers with us. Chip, you know, we all are kind of wondering how much Dan Lanning, how much, you know, was part of what was happening on defense for Georgia. Do you have a sense of, how influential he was, how much of that defense and the play calling on defense was Kirby smart? How much was Dan Lanning? Yeah, you know, and that's good. That's actually one of the dynamics that I was asking uh, uh, Dan about today. Like what's that going to look at uh, that look like between him and Tosh uh, on defense here at, here at Oregon. And, you know, I think he's still trying to figure that out, but listen, uh, you know, if anybody watched Georgia football at all the last couple of years knows that Kirby Smart is a whirling dervish on the sideline, and he's liable to jump into the huddle at any minute. And, and uh, you know, I never saw him physically knock Dan Lanning over when he got into a huddle, but, you know, depending on the situation, uh, you know, he was asserting himself with authority many times. And, and Dan and I laughed about that. And Dan was one of his great personality traits, just the ability to to to, to – handle that, you know, acquiesce to the head coach, you know, not take it personally. As soon as the head coach comes by, you know, boom, he's right back in there and, and, and carrying his message. So, but I, to, to answer your question, I think it's a lot of Dan Lane. I mean, I think this guy is a coaching savant and I think uh, all you got to do a great exercise, I think for, for Oregon people who really want to dive in the weeds, get on there and Google or go on to uh, YouTube. And there's a ton of stuff these coaching clinics and stuff, um, Dan never missed one of those. He never missed the opportunity to conduct one of those or to or to listen to one of those. And there is some brilliant uh, scheme video of him explaining what they do at Georgia and, and how they try to do it. Now, uh, in talking to him today, he said, you know, uh, actually, you, I actually use your reference. I, I think it was you said to me, I said, well, He's, they're not going to have 11 first-rounders on the defense this year at Oregon, right? And, and he's saying, you know, but that's going back to his high school days. That's what he loves about coaching. It's doing what you can with what you have. And so last year at Georgia, 
you know, I would say they were, you, you know, they were a PhD in defense with what they were doing and, you know, different pressures and, and uh, you know, different coverages on different sides of the field and things like that. But he can simplify it, too, and, uh, you know, and, and just, you know, and, and, and cater it to wherever your strengths are. And what, what's going to be interesting to find out is how deep can the Ducks go on that side of the ball in particular because, uh, you know, there was a stat. I wish I could cite it right now, but I don't have it in front of me. Something about, um, you know, there were 30 defensive players. This was either last year or the year before last that played 100 or more snaps, I think, is, is, is what were meaningful snaps, uh, first-half snaps or something like that. But that just gives you an idea of how deep he likes to keep guys involved. It keeps them engaged, and it also, uh, you know, sort of opens up his his briefcase, you know, for what they can do uh, to throw the offenses off. Chip Chowers with us. You've been on that beat for thirty five. Is it thirty five years? Well, off and on. I, you know, people people like to say that about me, you know, because I, I went to Georgia, so. You know, my, my, the first game I ever covered was as a Cub reporter for the Red and Black, the student newspaper in 1985. Uh, you know, I've had different incarnations uh, on and off since there, but I did. The, my first job out of college was covering the Bulldogs for the Athens Banner Herald and Daily News uh, back in that day. And then I went to work for the AJC, and I did a lot of different incarnations, uh, including I was college editor for a time there, which was you'd appreciate it as a as an ink stained wretch like me. I mean, at that time we were staffing every ACC and SEC football game every weekend for our son. You know, our Sunday <laughs> section was it's, it's amazing when I think about it. I mean, I remember having to put a reporter on a puddle jumper to Starkville, Mississippi. You know, on a Saturday morning because we didn't have anybody to cover the Mississippi State Auburn game to the last minute, and so we, you know, so we. Uh, uh, we had to charter a, a, a puddle jumper to Starkville for our reporter, Jen Hildreth, now of television fame, uh, to get on the plane and go cover the game. So, yeah, that was, so I did that. But uh, it is all roads lead to Georgia. People joke around here. I ended up back on Georgia uh, and, and have been for the last several years now. Herschel Walker, Vince Dooley, how much fun was that? Well, I, you know, I was actually after Herschel Walker. I, I was uh, I was most of Vince Dooley. Vince Dooley is priceless. He's uh, you know still alive. He's not. He turns uh, interestingly. He turns ninety on the day after the Georgia Oregon game, September fourth. So it's going to be interesting to keep your eye out for. I'm sure they're going to do something to honor him in that game. He he's you know he's had a hip surgery, but I mean he's he's still uh, sharp as a tack in terms of his memories and everything, and he, you know, coached Georgia to a national championship in 1980. What people forget about that, Georgia not only won the national championship in 80, they won the SEC championship in 80, 81, 82, just missed it in 83, uh, lost out to Auburn, and played for the national championship in two other times during that span. So, uh, you know, and and that was a lot of that had to do with uh, senatorial candidate Herschel Walker, um, but he was, uh, you know, but it, it also had to do with Vince Dooley. And, um, you know, the, the, the one thing I'll tell you, the story I'll tell you real quick about Vince Dooley is I told you I was a Cub reporter and, uh, and covering Georgia and Vince Dooley is a, you know, a, a, a legend. 
And I wrote, so I learned very early on that if you're covering a beat, you don't want to be writing columns. I was given an opportunity to write the Monday column, and I decided I was going to do Monday morning quarterback, right? And so I questioned all this stuff that Vince Dooley did in a game that Georgia pulled out 42-35 to 35 on the road against Mississippi State and Starkville. I questioned his decisions at quarterback, at kicker. They, they were splitting. And so fast forward to, I think it was Tuesday, out after practice, and um, I had to ask a question about something. Somebody was there. They wasn't there. And he turns to me in his southern dialect, and, and I asked him his question. He says, well, I don't know, Mr. Towers. Why don't you tell me? Seems like you have all the answers. So that was my uh, – that was – that was my indoctrination to Vince Dooley. I killed the uh, Monday morning quarterback column after that and uh, started concentrating on the uh, interworkings of the team as opposed to uh, sharing my opinion about them. All right, Chip, I, I, I have uh, a staff member uh, on our staff who's a researcher uh, and former producer of the show. He lives in Eugene. He's got some recommendations for you if you just got a minute for this. Cadillac Chris Brown is joining us. Chris, you are in Eugene. Tell Chip Towers what he needs to see. Hi, JC. Uh, the first thing is don't go to track town. Uh, there's <laughs> too late. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. No, don't believe what. Yeah, don't go to the places on billboards. You should know that traveling around the world. Is <laughs> um, best drink in town is going to be at a place called Rye, and, and you should ask for a guy named Derek. And he'll set you up with uh, anything that will make you happy. The best single bite in town will probably take you back to your southern days with um, a fried chicken sandwich at a place called Party Bar downtown, Eugene. And Party Bar. Yep. Yep. If you're looking for pizza, go to Hey Neighbor, and it will actually double as a spot for you to check out um, Hayward Field because it's right by there. Okay. Yeah. And if you're looking for breakfast Good. or brunch tomorrow, uh, do yourself a favor and go to Wine and Owl. Wine and Owl? Lion, like hear me Lion. roar. Uh, Lion like and Owl. Lion and Owl. Yeah. Yep. Owl, like uh, I give a hoot. That was a Freudian. I was just looking for some wine. Okay, <laughs> Lion and Owl. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, and I, right. I tell you if it was north or south or east or west, but apparently you're just going on left or right, so I can't tell you where that all is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which direction I'm facing since I've been out here. I don't know why that is. Cadillac yeah. Chris that's Brown. That's why I said I can't really help you. Cadillac Chris Brown, yeah, thank okay. you. Good stuff. Anytime. Bye, sir. There he is. See? We got you covered, Chip Towers. All right. I'm going to take – was that was where he said Derek? It was asked for Derek. Was that Rye? Rye. R-Y-E. Rye. Oh, okay. I might can find some whiskey there. Okay. Sounds good. Ask for Derek. Tell him Cadillac Chris Brown sent you in. He'll take care of you. Chip, <laughs> Chip, you're the best. I would love to get you back on maybe right before the game, but uh, I will see you in Atlanta. But enjoy your visit, in Eugene, and people want to read Chip Towers, uh, read him on the Atlanta Journal-Constitution website. He's got a series coming. Uh, he already posted once. Uh, you'll, you'll really enjoy it. they got a special right now. I know this because I signed up. It's 99 cents for the month. Uh, Chip Towers, I appreciate you. Thank you. There he is. It's good stuff. See? Is that hospitality or what? We got him covered. I want you to leave it here.
We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.